You are listening to Omnis Protocol. I am Charles, also known as Omnis, and I am here with Rob, or as everyone knows him on Discord, Coffee Time. What's going on, man? Hey, how's it going? Thanks good, for having good. me. I'm ready to talk some X-Men, because um, you... Um, Let's see, you You not only played X-Men and did very well in this last TTS league, but you also brought them to a, a, like a decent-sized local tournament recently as well, right? Yeah, I brought them to the LVO qualifier um, at my local store. And uh, I think the tournament before that, even before the new stuff for them came out, I ran X-Men and did and went 3-1 and one with them with the, with the OG X-Men, so... I, nice. I've been on them for a while, but yeah, I was a uh, uh, I was rooting for you when I saw the the event in Longshanks. I was like, oh man, that would be so cool if Coffee Tam takes this event. <laughs> that would be sweet. Um, but it seemed like a really close event. But you still did very well. Yeah, I ran into the unwinnable matchup of uh, Criminal Syndicate on the F Secure with uh, I think it was Spider People, Spider Infected, and it was yeah, that's a. <laughs> That's so rough. Like if you're if you're not dual affiliated in that situation, that one's just yeah, that was brutal. Yeah, you lose priority on that one. Um, man, I don't, I don't know. We'll we'll talk about the criminal syndicate a little bit more sure. as we go on. But um, well, let's start things off with um, what what kind of drew you to X Men? Um, always been an X Men fan. Um, you know, I'm a I'm an '80s kid, so you know that was kind of <laughs> my. Uh, my but drew me to the Marvel universe, um, and X Men were kind of the uh, I don't know the, they were they were kind of downplayed quite a bit, and I always kind of like to take the I like to play the affiliations that everyone else isn't playing, you know, and yeah. you, you get into a game with them and they're like oh I don't I don't know I don't know how to play this. Problem with X Men though is they're so popular in just casual play that I think everybody's seen them. So, but uh, but no, I'm a big X Men fan. I've always believed with this game, though, um, you know, there are a lot of people out there that play the, the best stuff. I prefer to play the stuff that I enjoy and the characters that I enjoy. And I've always felt if you play it enough, then you can you can be decent with any affiliation, I think. Yeah, it's interesting for me. I mean, I'm always looking for the best stuff, but I'm not necessarily like what's the obvious best stuff. I want to keep digging and see if there's something best in a particular moment that people right. aren't fully prepared for. And that's kind of what drew me to X-Men. Yeah. I was just trying different things and it all started with, uh, I mean, I always liked, uh, I thought Storm's leadership was great right off the bat. Mm -hmm. I was proclaiming it was the best leadership in the game when we saw Storm's leadership. Um, and honestly, I think it's still in that conversation. But obviously, I didn't again didn't get to dive into X Men too deep. There still wasn't a lot of events going on. Um, shortly after X Men released, my primary opponent had changed jobs and was getting really busy, um, and so I didn't get to didn't get to dive into them too hardcore. But uh, come January, I just I don't know something hit me, and I wanted to try X Men on Peta Flips, and it was before I had Rogue. It was just a little before LVO and it just kind of like threw them on the table. And I was like, Oh man, there's something, something felt right as soon right. as I was playing it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to wait until rogue and gambit and everybody comes out and I'm going to give this a go at that point when I have access to the full suite of characters. And I played brotherhood for a little bit because I just wanted to try them out because I never really played them and they were good, but didn't quite hit home. And then I switched to X-Men and it's been, they're my go-to now. 
And it yeah. wasn't because I just like wanted to play the worst or wanted to make something work. I just kept trying things and see what, what clicks. And there's something there for X-Men. Sure. Um, sure. So uh, you want to share, um, like, kind of where did you start with your X-Men plan? Well, let's see. We had a, uh, we had a local tournament um, January 1st. It was a New Year's, New Year's Day, I believe, tournament. Um, and, you know, I've played X-Men a lot. Um, and I kind of, you know, my brother is who I play most of my games with, and we're pretty competitive um, compared to our, our local scene. So we play a lot against each other. And uh, I, I kind of had this this philosophy, you know, that like, like AMG knows what they're doing. I think every affiliation, you know, maybe not as perfectly balanced, but I think every affiliation can play. And I kind of thought... I'm going to try them with their tactics cards because their tactics cards have always been kind of frowned upon. You know, they just weren't yeah. like, nobody was really like gushing over their, their tactics cards. So I'm like, I'm going to run, you know, with the uh, first class um, and I'm going to run to me, my X-Men because everybody just hated on that because they thought <laughs> they Avengers assembled so much better. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to make this work. Um, so I ran those cards. Children of the Atom never really did it for me. Um, except for a couple matchups, but just, just never really paid off for me. But I was just going to try to see if maybe we're just not running them like AMG had it in mind. So, um, but I took them to that new year's tournament and uh, went three and one. I lost, ended up losing to my brother in the finals. Um, and the, the only weakness I had, and this was before, right before the uh, Hulkbuster and Miss Marvel had come out. And my brother runs a lot of jank. He runs a lot of the Thanos and the just just jank stuff. And uh, the only thing I couldn't deal with was a big size four um, that I couldn't move um, or Thanos shenanigans. And that was the thing that, that my weakness. Um, so he ended up beating me there. But um, like I said, always been a big X-Men fan. And I was having some success with them, just kind of kind of figuring out what they wanted to do. Um and I'm also kind of a purist in a sense that I like to play. I don't like to splash a whole lot. <laughs> you know, I don't want to throw voodoo in there to make them good, or I don't want the, I don't want somebody doing the heavy lifting for me, you know? Um, so I, you know, I was trying to play the core group as much as I could and was having some success with them. And then rogue came along and, uh, made them that much better. X 23 came along, you know, they got, they got a, a shot in the arm too. And they got, uh, those new additions. Oh yeah, absolutely. I have, they've, they've become a pretty, pretty core. Um, so let's talk about that. What would you consider the, the most important characters to an X-Men roster? Ooh. Uh, it varies based on the scenarios and the matchup. Um, you know, I feel like they're very multifaceted on how their strengths and, and, and they can, they're very flexible. I think, I think they can play into just about anything. Um, well, let me rephrase the question just a little bit. So when we're sure. talking about roster, let's say if someone's going to build an X-Men roster, whether they're going to dual affiliate or whatnot, we don't even have to get into that. Which characters would you say are like 100 percenters? If you're going to play X-Men, put these characters in your roster. Um, let's see. Starting from the earliest, you got to have Storm, of course. Um, yep. I actually even cut Cyclops. I, I was a diehard, like Cyclops has a place, but I think they're at the end um, in the finals. I cut Cyclops out. 
of my roster, which hurt me bad. Which I felt bad because I've had good luck with Cyclops. A lot of people yeah. hate on him, but uh, I like Cyclops. I also pulled Wolverine out. He's kind of in the same boat. He's my favorite character in the game. Um, but <laughs> I make the joke that you know Wolverine's invited to my funeral because he can let me down one last time <laughs> there because he's just <laughs> the guy. The yeah. guy has let me down more than anybody. Um, but uh, but Beast Beast is is core for me. Um, I have a lot of success with Beast. I think Beast has a high learning curve on figuring him out. Um, and he also has an energy weakness. So if you're going against a strong energy team like Guardians or something like that, I don't necessarily bring him. Um, Domino and Rogue, of course, and X-23, you know, you can be, you can put a pretty good roster together just playing the, the ladies of X-Men. And uh, they're all very solid. Um but, so then are you saying are all five of those like absolutely 100% you wouldn't even consider not including them? Um, Storm, Beast, Domino, Rogue, X-23, and I, I put Honey Badger in there. Some people are not. Um, I think Honey Badger and X-23 together, um, and when you learn how to use them together, are very, very strong. So that's probably my core where I would start. Um, okay. And then what I did at the start of the season um, was I kind of looked at the X-Men and said, okay, start at the bottom and say, who doesn't make the cut? You know, that was, <laughs> that was easier for me yeah. to do is like, who do I not want to play? Um, I think Colossus had to go for me first. And the, when you're, when you're cutting from the bottom, I felt Colossus so, was the weakest link. So before I back up and say who I think are the 100 percenters, I will say if I'm working on an X-Men roster, there's probably only one character who I would say is an absolute, like I don't even really consider them. And that's Wolverine, unfortunately. Really? Like there's, yeah. It, a big part of that is, is that he doesn't, he can't interact. Like Peta Flips right. is going to definitely be my primary plan with them. That's their strong suit. And having a character that can't even interact with them on his injured side is just too big of a liability. And of just of all the fours, like, just as you said, I don't actually dislike Cyclops. Like, yeah. like, I love Rogue a lot, but I could, like, you know, it wouldn't take much. It could take a small bump on him, and I might consider Cyclops in that four slot. And Rogue's really good. Right. And yeah, so it's yeah. just, um, and like at least Bodyguard on Colossus to potentially be protecting Storm in the right situation, mm-hmm. I, I could at least consider him. And it's just his speed holds him back a little. If, if, if Colossus was a medium mover, he would be 100. He would almost, he, oh, I yeah. would probably take him over rogue. Ooh. Um, Ooh. But <laughs> that's, a, that's bold. I don't know that yeah. I'd go that far, but he, <laughs> yeah, he would, he, he would be good. Um, Wolverine. I'm, I'm kind of tied to him, you know, emotionally yeah. because he, I, I love the character. Um, I played them a lot before rogue and X 23 and then came out. So I had great success with him. If I got priority and we were playing cubes, Wolverine is an all-star. That's his dream scenario. And um, that's where he pretty much got played. And that was about it. Um, If the, if the picture perfect combination came out and I could get cubes with priority, Wolverine would hop up there, grab the middle one and then run back and grab the, the back left one. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely fair. I could, and then, I, got, I then his power like, issues are fixed. Um, and, then, well, and then that's just a good situation for it. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to be a little bit more tight on my like 100 percenters. I think Storm is a 100 percent. And I would say X-23 is a 100 percent. And I would say Rogue is a 100 percent. Right. And past those three, 
I think there's a lot of room, like depending on how you want to build the roster, depending on whether it's dual affiliation, I think there's a discussion with almost everyone else. But I agree that Beast is still a core character. He makes 99% of oh, my yeah, rosters. Yeah. Um, are you talking then, core in roster building or are you talking core in the 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 models you're putting on the on the table just talking about roster building at the moment like he beast will have streaks where i don't play him and then he'll have streaks like depending on the crisis combination where he he ends up in a lot of games right um he pretty much always makes my mutant madman teams but then he doesn't make my spider portals or dudley meteors teams Sure, sure but i do pull him in when i lose priority a fair amount of the time so he's I like what he does for the team, um, but he probably makes less than 50% of my teams, but he does make like 99% of my roster builds. Right. Um, and then I go really back and forth. So to for the listeners, when I was really diving into X-Men, I started off with a core of Domino and Gambit as my two like threes that made almost every team. And I liked it quite a bit. And eventually... Um, I just figured, you know, Gambit does get dazed often enough that, like, maybe it would be advantageous for me to try X-23, even though she doesn't have any movement shenanigans. Let, or not move. She has movement shenanigans. She doesn't have um, displacement. And right. so I was like, well, let me try X-23 in the Gambit slot and just see what I think of her. And she made my Cubes game so much better. She made my Deadly Meteors game so much better. And I like that she often presented situations where she might also be able to get back onto a point and maybe daze someone or threaten them in a way that, uh, that I liked quite a bit. Um, and exceptional healing, which doesn't necessarily make all of my teams, but having a way to like protect her even more, uh, there was a lot that I liked. And so sure. X 23 has become probably my, my most played three mm -hmm. just because of the, she's got the added durability. She's got strong, um, offensive potential when I need it. And um, she just rounds out certain situations that I think can otherwise be a big problem for X-Men. Like cubes, man, when you play against something like Criminal Syndicate or something that just like absorbs a bunch of cube damage into inert pain and things like that, you just can't have that kind of damage building up on X-Men because we're not durable sure. enough as it is right. that one or two damage spread around can really make a huge difference. But Well, um, I think I think X-23... Um, takes a lot of games to kind of unlock her um i would agree because with with her and honey badger the more i've played them together the more i kind of fall in love with them um because the first few games with them i couldn't keep them tethered very well and i was like man i just am not seeing seeing the i, I didn't see the value in honey badger so much um but once i kind of put the games in with them together you know the fact that x23 can get objectives and that puts a target on her head if you can keep them tethered um honey badger if x23 gets hit and if they both have three power on them you know you're essentially unkillable because if you go into x23 and she's got three power then you're going to exceptional healing it and then honey badger is going to come up and then taunt the next one and so essentially somebody going in with two attacks is not going to take x23 down um it, unless they know how to you know a ways around that and i yeah, felt it'd have that to be a character that can like after the first one they throw honey badger right. away or something like that right and it's just a lot of people didn't have a whole lot of uh experience with honey badger and they're so worried about the ankle biter and stuff that they, they didn't see the uh the taunt or the taunt or the um, and that's where Honey Badger's value comes in is just keeping X-23 alive, I felt. Um, 
you know, and if they flub in the X23, Honey Badger comes up and then you have potentially the uh, exceptional healing online for her if it's needed, which I've used a few times. So I've, I've, I've had great success with those two together, just being kind of an un- unkillable duo. Um, and <laughs> I have, I will say I probably played against Honey Badger more times than I played with her now. Um, so this is where Rob and I will differ a little bit, which sure. is fine. Part of why this is not me just talking about myself is that there's there's more <laughs> than one way to play X-Men. Um, I do. Uh, I fundamentally agree that they are a strong combination. They don't end up making my 10. Um, and if this is something where we, if we we're playing a 15 character roster, I might still be putting in Honey Badger because I think she has a lot of value and especially in some situations where when I lose priority, mm-hmm. but I haven't been able to fit her into my 10. Uh, I favor Toad is probably my first choice too for X-Men, right? but I will occasionally try a Koye in that spot and every once in a while to a lesser degree, I will try Bullseye, um, but Toad is my my first choice. I want a, I want a two that can interact and that value of either having someone that can pick up a key extract or just move around and like interacting or help contest to make stuff harder to flip that stuff matters to ends up having more of an impact in my opinion, but I, I don't blame you for including honey badger. I don't think she's bad or anything like sure. that, but yeah, I, I like Toad a lot too. He's a, he's a solid too. Again, I tried to early on, I was trying to kind of be the purest build yeah. and just try to keep them all. I, I brought him in cause I, I said he's at least a mutant, you know, I can at least justify <laughs> him on the, on the roster. But, uh, but no, like I said, I, I can probably count on one hand how much damage I've ever gotten out of honey badger. I feel like she flubs her offensive dice all the time, but, <laughs> but then I just have to realize that's not her purpose in life. Yep. It's to, it's to come up and taunt off of X 23 and, uh, you know, and I got a little bit of work out of Jonathan, um, towards the end of the, end of the season. So I think, again, there's just some plays that, that uh that she can do that take a little practice yeah um so from there i honestly think that depending on your your roster makeout from we've kind of hit some of the core characters let's let's talk about gambit for a little bit what's your thoughts on gambit gambit's gambit has performed awful for me so it leaves <laughs> it just you know like there are a lot of people that are very big on him and maybe i'm just playing him wrong but i have not got the mileage out of gambit i have rolled the worst dice i've ever rolled with gambit i think so i am i want him to work and i want him to be good but i have just had trouble with with gambit um and part of that's just i don't have the games in um with him to kind of turn to unsour me on him. So I think, you know, I had him in my list for the, uh, for the sword um, to play on sword, to be yeah. able to displace a solid three. Um, and he can displace um, size three people, which X-Men struggle a little bit with the size three displacement. Um, but man, his dice have just been, <laughs> and he dies. He, he he's he's paper. So so that's that's my issues with Gambit. He's like I want him to be good, but I need him to I need to put him on the table and have a good game with him before I warm back up on him. So yeah, that's that's totally fair. I I will say he's one that I'm not like super high on him. He's not one where I'm like Gambit is amazing, right? But I have really liked his role on the team, and I think he's a lot better than he gets credit for. 
And I will say, I, I find a very common situation is he becomes kind of an attractive target, which to a certain extent relieves a little bit of pressure on Storm. Mm-hmm. Because what can easily happen, like across my whole team or whatever I put on the table, if Gambit's not there, Storm is often the most attractive target, and she is still relatively fragile. Mm-hmm. But Gambit is a little bit more threatening and slightly more fragile, and so he draws some of that that focused attention, and so it does it like indirectly bodyguards for Storm, where they're just like, I'm going to get Gambit because he seems like a juicy target. Sure. And I'm totally happy with most turns where if he parting shots away from someone so that they can't get the second attack on him and then he walks back and then pushes them off the point. I am usually totally happy with that situation and that's fairly common. Mm -hmm. Occasionally, uh, I'll say more than occasionally, he gets dazed almost every game I play him. And so you just got to expect that he's going to take damage. But the plus side of that is he turns power into useful things on the table really easily. And so I've had situations where he gets dazed and then the next round, suddenly he's putting multiple seven dice builders into people or, you know, and just he, he ends up performing very well overall. And in the end, if he's a character that gets KO'd and it preserves some of my other characters, I'm usually, again, fine with that overall. He's good, but I don't, He's not necessarily key to my end game plan, if that makes sense. Sure, sure. So I think my problem with Gambit's probably just the competition for a three, um, and maybe it's because I'm hung up pretty hard on Beast most of the time. Um, that I've probably got, you know, a hundred, maybe a hundred games with Beast, maybe not. I don't know. Um, where Gambit's probably got like five for me, so um, maybe that's probably why in my roster building I'm gonna. Gambit's going to have a hard time getting in for me with uh, X-23, Domino, Beast also in competition with him. Well, the plus side for me is on Mutant Madman, I tend to play four threes. Mm-hmm. And so I can play Gambit. I, I mean, I'll play I'll play Storm, Beast, X-23, plus whatever my other three is. And that gotcha. could be Domino or Gambit. Both are quite viable. Currently, I'm playing Gambit in that slot. Um, And so in that situation... Like I'm running multiple. And then in most of the time when I'm playing at say like spider portals at 18 or deadly meteors at say 17, I'm still usually running three threes. And that means that I'm not usually running beast. And so I I want two of the threes anyway. So it's really just gambit X 23 and domino and figuring out which of those two you prefer. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I will say for listeners, like say like if you're facing off against more control oriented things like criminal syndicate, I much prefer gambit. If you're playing it's more aggressive things like Brotherhood and Black Order, I usually prefer Domino because she's a little bit more durable. Right, right. But I, think I also also look at the size, you know, like Criminal Syndicate, if they, they're they going to be bringing, you know, two two size threes, maybe more, you know, with Kingpin, then Gambit's uh, appeal goes up. Um, if you're playing a smaller team of a bunch of size twos, I'm usually not as that's Gambit's big appeal to me is just being able to move the size three yeah. off a point. All right. Well, we don't need to dive into every single one of the characters, but I do think Cyclops has his place on some teams. Jean has her place on some teams. And especially depending on how um, dedicated you are to running mostly affiliated characters, I think they're all pretty much viable choices. Mm-hmm. Obviously I think Colossus and Wolverine are probably the ones that people struggle with the most. I would agree. I would agree with that. 
Well, um, so let's let's talk unaffiliated for a moment. I know that you generally prefer to stay as um, as theme force as possible, mm-hmm. but do you have any unaffiliated characters that you always bring in, or the hardest ones for you to not like add into that X Men team? Um, Hulkbuster has been on my list from from his release on um, because I found Hulk to be a big problem for us. So I had to bring Hulk. I've had Hulkbuster to uh, to counter that. Okay. Um, and I've played him quite a bit. Um, if I if I have any threat, if there's any threat of a of a Hulk being dropped on the table, I usually try to bring out Hulkbuster because he just he does a lot of the things that X Men want to do and that we do well. Um, he hits and moves and and throws and and moves people around really well. So he just kind of does. You know, when I was looking at X Men and what are their strengths, he kind of checked all the boxes for me. Um, and he's very durable. I'm not sure I'd go so far as to say very durable, but I think he is. <laughs> he's definitely one that he does the X-Men plan and he, he also benefits a lot from the leadership. He synergizes with the leadership in a lot of ways where either people can place off of him or his sure. big base and multiple power generation. I agree. He's just, he, he is a solid character. Yeah. I don't usually run a six because I prefer to take multiple threes in that situation most of the time, but I can totally see why someone would do Hulkbuster. He, he definitely works for that position. Anyone else? Oh, I, was, I didn't want to say like cover is actually a pretty big deal for him. Sometimes mm-hmm. I found like, say going against guardians or something where just like rockets shots and like star Lord shots. It all just adds up on Hulkbuster too fast. Cover is so key for him. Right. Just, just like mitigating one damage from each attack potentially is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, towards the end I brought, I, I got Casano, uh, Cass, Cassandra Nova yeah. was, uh, was a, was someone I was looking at on paper. I thought would do well with X-Men. Um, again, she kind of checks a lot of the boxes as far as displacing, um, and I actually subbed her in for Jean at the cuts. I never, I, I think I put her on the table once or twice. Um, and then of course, Toad is super solid. Um, and then I'm trying to think who else I've played around with. Well, while you're thinking, I'll add in. So obviously we've mentioned Toad. I pretty much always run Black Panther in there. Mm-hmm. And what I've started pitching, because I've noticed a lot of people who want to talk about X-Men teens want to keep it as thematic as possible. And I'm yes. like, hey, come on. Uh, <laughs> he marries Storm in uh, multiple comics. So uh, you can use that as an excuse to run Black Panther because I really like getting in the long mover. Mm-hmm. Um, that's huge for the team. The four physical from Mutant Mad Men, pushing mechanics. Uh, he just really does everything that I think... Um, x-men want and then the cover often helps him against the mystic attackers that are usually doing it from a slightly longer range so he gets to benefit from cover so he's not he's still not going down that fast to mystic attacks either he's just been he's been perfect i can't imagine playing x-men without him yeah i can see that i uh i haven't put him in there yet but if i was going to just try to put the best team on yeah yeah i would agree i think he's I've played against him a lot lately and he is impressive every time he's on the table. Yeah. He's just, he's just one of those just a plus S tier great characters. And, you know, I, you could probably sweet put him into any roster, but I particularly like him in, uh, yeah. in X-Men. Yeah. 
Um, I will say I, I try to grab one unaffiliated five and I kind of have three favorites right now and I could play any of those three. Um, I'll just get Corvus out of the way. Um, we'll talk <laughs> about some of the Corvus and Proxima tech, but he, he does have some really cool synergy within, um, within X-Men. So he's one of the ones that I consider. Uh, Doctor Strange is my favorite. Yep. OG I, Doctor Strange. He, um, I was going to mention him. He's very good for he, X-Men. He does a lot of what X-Men want. There's a lot of synergy with like, oh, he has cover, which means he automatically gets to turn something to a shield. So he gets power out of it. He's the medium, ba- he's the 50 millimeter base with a medium move, which I love. He's a flyer. He's got defensive rerolls. He's like med pack on a stick. You know, he's, you know, there's so many things that I like about Dr. Strange. Yeah. Um, he's probably my favorite to play. Um, I have been testing out Juggernaut in that slot. And it is okay. better than I expected. Um, really? It was something where a lot of people were suggesting to me trying br- Juggernaut, but I usually liked my five on spider portals, mm-hmm. and I wasn't sure I would like Juggernaut in that situation. Um, having it's, just done an event with it and been testing it, it's quite good. I can usually fit Do You Know Who I Am in the roster and in, and in the team, and... He he gets a surprisingly large amount of mobility, and it's nice for X Men to bring in a character that's really durable. I think probably it's the same feeling that you like with Hulkbuster, mm-hmm. someone that's like pretty. You're like, okay, I don't have to worry about activating him first because no, like, there's no one next to him who's going to one round him outside of total craziness. So mm-hmm. we're gonna we can chill in that spot, and it takes some pressure off other spots in the board. And and so I do like Juggernaut as one of those fives. Um, gotcha. Now is Juggernaut good by himself or is he good in x-men uh so he both are true (laughs) um well let's let's talk a little bit about some of the specific things that i like out of that five threat spot and so Uh i was talking about this on the x-men channel recently and some people didn't realize that i do it and this is something i caught nade off guard with so a very very common thing that i will do on spider portals is I will walk, I'll usually leave like Domino or, you know, just one of those characters, one of my threes um, on the back point. And what I'll do is I walk them forward, check to see if I'm in range two of whoever I potentially want to do this to. So it could be Doctor Strange, it could be Juggernaut, it could be Corvus, um, some five threat. And I'll leave them within, you know, leave them within range two. Then I check for the portal and, um, if I get it, great. If I get the skull, I just tell my opponent, hey, I'm just going to move him right back to this exam position. I still have another medium movement. So right. yep. you, you could place them, but I'll just walk them back to the spot. Then I wait. And then usually like one of my last activations of the round is say if this is Corvus, for instance, um, he will then use the leadership, hop to the other side of Domino, then two medium moves onto the portal that's in front of my opponent's deployment zone. And then I will interact uh-huh. and Corvus with three dice counting skulls. That's pretty, it's pretty similar odds to having four dice. So even if they have one person on the point, I have a very high chance of flipping that point and, yeah. and the character's reasonably durable. So unless they have like a super hard hitter left as their lacked activation they may not even be able to have any sort of response to that. Um, if it's Dr. Strange, similar plan. Um, Dr. Strange is a little bit more vulnerable, but one of the plus sides is if someone 
attacks Doctor Strange and doesn't finish him off, he can usually heal that damage back up himself. And so there's larger consequences. Mm -hmm. Um, What's cool about Juggernaut in that spot is one, the character can get a little bit further forward and Juggernaut can actually, he could do the exact same thing if you wanted, where you just like, okay, teleport, walk, walk, and interact, right? He can totally do it. He gets extra power. So he's still sitting on a couple of power. And so he's like the safest person in that spot. But you can walk and then slide onto the point and then still potentially punch someone off. And if you get one power out of it, which is not weird odds on eight dice, right? you can still interact and you could have moved someone off the point. Um, or if they try to block you from being able to slide onto the point, you can walk and the the math is there that if they move far enough forward that you can't slide onto the point, they are far enough forward. You can just punch them first. Right, right, right. So you can try to punch them, knock them off. And then if you do push them, then you can slide into the spot as long as you, you know, get the one power and can still interact. Yeah. Um, and so that's been really cool. And I've also really, he's helped me out a lot on cubes where I don't mind getting two cubes on him and, and then negating the damage. And he's also good on uh, deadly meteors because he can spend to negate the deadly meteors damage. Yeah. Yeah. That'd, um, be, that'd be good. I feel like I've done that before. Yeah. That, that going for the back point. Um, a lot of people don't see that coming. Um, and nobody else can really do it. Like it's, yeah. it's basically a, an X-Men thing. Right. And that's why I think that spider portals is potentially our best crisis. Yeah. I like, I like your setup. I think I've either done it. I think I've, try that the problem with beast is he's got two dice on spider portals um with beast being able to do it and then hulkbuster is just six threat and he can do it but uh he's kind of in the same boat if he's got the power he can move up there and then hit and run he just has to generate well he auto generates i guess but uh see i think with hulkbuster i would just leave i would put him opposite to one of the middle spider portals and my plan would be just walk forward hit and run shoot someone off and then hit and run onto the point and interact. Right. Yeah. With, with Hulkbuster, his problem is he, he, he wants to be where the action is and the actions kind of spread out quite a bit on spider portals. So, um, but I do but, like uh, that he's fast enough that he can always get, he can yeah. pretty much always walk, shoot someone and then hit and run onto the portal. So I, I right. like him. If, it's something where if there was more 19 threat extracts that I potentially had, I could really see fitting him in and like replacing a five with him. Cause he is yeah. really good. Yeah. Um, no, I so, like strange. I like, I haven't thought about juggernaut, but I could see, I could see that being very good um, on your spider portals. Yeah. He's just, he's just been a, he's, he's been solid for me in all my testing. So I'm going to, I'm going to keep testing it out with him. Cause he kind of performs a little bit like a, like a five threat, Black Panther, uh, yeah, like mm-hmm. a six, yeah, like a five threat Black Panther. I had it right. Sure. Um, so let's talk crisis cards for a minute. What's your go-to secures for X-Men? Oh, let's see here. Spider Portals, Mutant Madman, um, and then Sword. I think this, I think me and you had the debate a few months back on uh, Sword versus, uh, oh, what's the one you like? I do Deadly Meteors as well. Yeah, Deadly Meteors. Yeah. yeah. So I think, pretty- I think Deadly Meteors is a, is a very close fourth place for me. Um, and I feel the same way about sword. It's, it would most almost certainly be my, my fourth. Um, yeah. So listeners, like what, 
Well, what I think you can take away from this to start is Mutant Madman and Spider Portals are almost certainly your your go to um, yep. your go to crisis. Then picking the third is where things get interesting. I have tried Infinity Formula in the slot. I have tried Extremist Console in the slot, and I think those are fine choices. But there's a little bit more potential backlash. We're just dropping them in the wrong matchup can be really rough. Right. Sword, you like. Why don't you talk a little bit about why Sword is your number three? Um, with our secures, I think a lot of people don't like our secures, and that's an advantage for us. So with pay to flips, a lot of people hate those, you know. Um, and a lot of the 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 tougher competition, your criminal syndicate, um, your black order, you know, I kind of feel like we don't do well against them. So I kind of try to gear these. Um, uh, that's a big weakness for them. Um, sword, we just have a lot of displacement um, and it makes it advantageous for us to kind of, to we can go with the 14th threat. We can move, you know, when I, when I look at X-Men, you know, our strengths is the ability to move and attack at the same time with a few of our characters and then just the ability to displace your opponent. And that's why I like sword. Um, you know, we can uh, we can stay on the points and, and and displace and do above average damage with a lot of our characters too. So um, I just had success with it. You know, uh, sword gets a lot of people hate sword, <laughs> and we and we don't. So that's kind of that's kind of my incentive. See, that's what keeps me from from doing. Um, you know, the the one you like is because there's a lot of people that like that a lot. Um, yeah. And that's my my issue. It's um, easily my third and the one that I like the least. And the one that I'm happy when I it's my secures and I don't get it because I would prefer the other two almost all the time. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason why I like it is I feel like I'm really good at managing having people on the point and making stuff difficult to flip. And I don't like that with sword. It It's just all, like if there's someone on, it's just always 50, 50. And I right. don't like that. Um, sword doesn't punish people for taking characters like voodoo and vision and Mysterio. And I like capitalizing on people not being fully prepared to have enough energy defense characters and that sort of thing. And that's, that's why I've leaned towards deadly meteors, but I could easily see if another one came out, that was a pay to flip. I could very easily see replacing, um, replacing meteors with a new one. If that situation came up. Right. I feel like we have decent energy attacks too with X-Men. So, um, you know, yeah, if you've got somebody that's weak against energy, you could be, it could be very beneficial. Um, I, I try to avoid the scrum. Um, Yes. And, you know, and that's what I, that's what worries me with that one. Um, Sword the, can still be a scrub. Though, so exactly. That's, <laughs> that's the thing. Like another thing that I like about sword is with sword in my list. And I think this would probably happen if sword wasn't in my list, but that means if I lose priority, they're going to take blues almost every time because, and that's probably happens to you too, even without it. But um, that makes my opponent take, take blues. Because they don't want to play sword. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, in general, most people don't want to play our secures, but I, I actually get occasional people that think that they can handle um, mutant madmen and stuff and don't mm-hmm. just don't realize how good X-Men are on it. Um, and so maybe that's like I get I think I get more people willing to play on my secures since I don't have swords. So maybe that's a good reason for me to yeah, keep see. that one off. Because I really like my extracts too. Um, so, you know, if I get to pick the uh, threat value and you're getting my extracts, because it, it just kind of dictates, you know, what's going to happen if I lose priority. If I feel like, because I don't know that I have played in the time I've been playing X-Men with sword. I don't know any time that I've lost priority and they've taken reds that I can think of ever <laughs> just because people hate it so much. Yeah. Okay. So one thing I wanted to talk about while we're in this section, before we move to extracts, I'm going to give a shout out to Dizzard. Um, so one thing that we're starting to notice is mutant madmen is starting to become like infinity formula and hammers where everybody thinks they're good at it. <laughs> um, and obviously that means that some people are wrong. Yeah. Um, because it just means by, if everybody's starting to think that they're good at it and more, more and more people are preparing for that one that are still not prepared for the other three. So I do think there's going to be a point to come with when maybe should like, are we good enough at mutant mad men to run it with everybody starting to prepare for it or enough people starting to prepare for it that maybe we should drop it to run, you know, even though we don't love sword and uh, deadly meters, the way that we love mutant mad men is it maybe still worth it to do that? I'm not sure we're at that point yet, but right. it was just, I think D- Dizzard mentioned it on a recent Rogue a- Rogue, yeah, Rogue Agents episode and was talking to him about it. And I, I am noticing it's showing up in a lot of rosters. There's a lot really? of people running Mutant Mad Men now. See, I I've seen it a little bit, but I haven't, it hasn't jumped out to me, but I, I could see that. I could see that. Um, I just feel like we have so much physical defense in the affiliated X-Men and, and it's a pay to flip, which we which we love. Yes. So, um, so I'll, I mean, I'll tell the listeners: I pretty much always run. If I get to play Mutant Mad Men at eighteen, I will play uh, Storm Beast X twenty three plus my other three, which is Domino or um, or Gambit, or Gambit mm-hmm. Toad, and Black Panther, and I will Ooh. play that game any day of the week. Yeah, that's really good. Um, I have never lost with that team. <laughs> see, mine is I take. Uh, Storm, Rogue, Beast, Domino, X-23, and Honey Badger. But I could see Toad and Black Panther doing better, better performing. Yep. Yeah, I think there's some room to play around with it a little bit. You could run Rogue instead of one of the threes and then Lizard in place of Black Panther. And I mm-hmm. think that's still very good. I'm not sure if it's quite as good, but it there, there's some situations where I could see it being in the conversation. Um. No, I think uh, the, core, the, the the it's we're very strong on that. I, uh... yeah. Okay, well, let's talk extracts now for for a minute. What are your what are your three go to extracts? Um, I have hammers, cubes, and spider infected. Okay, that's been primarily what I have run, but I, I have shifted it slightly. Why don't you tell why why do you feel that these are the the best for X Men? Hmm, cubes. Um, we have healing factor and lots of it. Um, and I feel like that's great with cubes. Um, I also find that if 
we lose priority and they take our blues and they get cubes. I mean, it, it's, it's free damage um, that, that comes up pretty big a lot. Um, if so, if we, if by chance we lose out on it, um, I don't know. I just, and it powers up our guys with healing factor. It's just kind of a, it's, it's kind of a win-win. Um, so I've just had, I've just had great success with it. Um, I don't know. I like the odd number. I usually like to get up by one or two in the first round and just kind of lean and make them bring the fight, <laughs> bring the fight to me, you know, exactly. um, if you can. So if you get priority with it. Um, and I also think if you lose priority and you, you have to have a plan to go for, if they come and take the middle one, you have to have a plan for how you're going to take that character out. Um, and then if they don't go for the middle, you have to have a plan for how am I going to get it? X-Men can get the middle extract and get away. So and we're easily. one of the, yeah. And that's, that's what, um, a lot of people don't see it coming and we'll be like, I'll let you have that middle one, you know, and I'll jump, x23 up there grab it and run away and it's you know it's a it's a strong character that you want to attack with in round one but if they're not going to get it i'll take the i'll take the vp lead and and be happy with it you know yeah unfortunately so. i don't have very many people that let me just take the second without take the middle without priority See, but um, I, i've had that happen a couple times um in the towards the end of the season um so i was like all right i'll go up and snag it and yeah and run away oh, I mean, when it does happen i'm like well hell yes that you have <laughs> Like I'm yep. always like planning around these multiple plays. Like how am I potentially going to steal one on their side? And then they just leave me the middle. I'm like, Oh, I guess I'll just take yeah. that. That's fine. See, I don't like to get as aggressive and go take one on their side. Um, because I, I've, that one's burned me a few times because I don't think my list is as durable as yours for that. And with the long movers, if, you know, I could see black yeah. Panther and Proxima being very good at that, but uh yeah, I don't like doing it. It's, I would rather take them though. But sometimes you just—I want—I would like to be up a point at the end yep. of round one whenever possible. Yep. So, um, listeners, so here is where um, let's—I'm going to focus on these three for a moment because this is what I ran at Adepticon as well. Hammers was kind of my distant third. Yep. Um, I wanted to play cubes and spiders because what I would do was is if I lost priority and they go and take the middle one. Then what I do is Corvus activates, he grabs the spider infected that's right in front of my side, and then he ends within range three of Proxima, immediately activates her, she uses the leadership to hop to the other side of him, and then she walks once, picks up the cube or spider on their side, and then gets the long move backwards. Uh-huh. And then that character with cover and invulnerability is very reasonably safe. And so then there's a situation where my opponent thought they were going to be going up a point and now they're down. And usually then on the other side, I still have someone positioned like beast. So if they can go take the one on my side, I'll have beast go take the one on theirs or something to that effect. Right. Um, and so, and that's a very difficult situation to stop. Now, obviously um, you can now do that with like say ninjas or something where you have the ninjas grab the one that's across from Proxima and daredevil grabs the one in the middle, something like that. That's a less optimal situation, but I haven't quite run into that yet. Um, I do want to say I was trying out the single extracts and maybe even researcher for a while. Um, and then I would run voodoo in the roster and what I liked about it was less extracts means more use of the leadership because mm-hmm. you can't leadership when you're holding uh, an extract. Right. But 
I wasn't, I overall, I, I felt like that made the games less predictable sure. um, and less diff, it was more difficult for me to control them. So I think that's a viable strategy if people want to go for it. And maybe if you're playing against more control in your area and less um, really attrition-y teams, that might be slightly better. But um, uh, I ended you, up... You said researcher and what else? Uh, it would be like scrolls and alien scrolls. ship, something um, like that. Um, well, with with researcher, um, my fear on those were that other affiliations might do it better. Um, and with the, you see so much black cat now. I like cubes and spider infected because they're gonna they're gonna put some damage if they steal it from you. Um, spider infected, you can only hold one, so you can't have somebody just just load up on them. Yeah, um, for sure. So that's where I kind of like us with uh, with cubes. We can they we kind of again it kind of checks a box for us and something that we're strong with with all the healing factor we have. I agree. Um, I did find when I was running researcher with Dr. Strange, it wasn't so bad because I could almost always leadership Dr. Strange right under the point and he's pushing people off. And right, then they right. spend the whole rest of the game pushing two people off like at the end, because if I don't have priority, so, and like he can usually keep people healthy and keep people healed. And so I found when I was running Dr. Strange, I at least felt like that was an okay option, mm -hmm. but it was still very scary. Cause I always thought that I could get stuck in a situation where I was just giving like a syndicate player or something, exactly what they want. Right. Right. That's, I, I think Syndicate was my boogeyman this season and playing into them as they were the team I was most afraid of um, and with Black Order a little bit behind them. Um, I didn't play a lot of Brotherhood, so I probably didn't have as much fear and respect for Brotherhood as I maybe should have. But uh, that's when I built my list. That's kind of what I have in mind. I kind of have this fear that I'm going to be playing Criminal Syndicate or Black Order every game. Well, yeah, especially the way that that season looked, there was a yeah. ton of ton of criminal syndicate. Um, so I'm not not surprised. There's definitely like, I think X Men is certainly one where I feel very advantaged when I win priority. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like very, very advantaged. There's very few situations where I ever end up feeling bad when I win priority. Right. You can still get some weird situations, like my game against Nate at Adepticon, where we ended up with uh, Deadly Meteors Researcher. Like versus yeah. guardians, like that was scary because I just had no idea how that was going to go. I felt like dice were going to favor someone, and then that was probably going to coast, which is what happened. Just thankfully, it was my dice that the gods favored. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I uh, yeah, I feel like I would agree that with we don't get prior. Like I think my last game in the cuts I, when I played sooner. I gambled and I took, uh, I think I took my reds with priority, which I never do, but we had the exact same things except for sword. He had gamma and I'm like, there's a 33% chance gamma pops. And I played him earlier in the season and gamma pops. So I'm like, what are the odds of it? And sure enough, gamma popped and oh. he, he ended up drumming me pretty good. But, uh, I, I was like, man, Gam there's no way, you know, no way we'll play gamma <laughs> again. We're going to play, we're going to play a pay to flip. Um, so I'll take my reds and, uh, so if there's ever a chance, oh. that's one thing I've learned over time. If there's ever a chance of something will go wrong, you know, Murphy's law. So yeah. take the safe bet. And I would say Gamma is potentially the crisis that I want to play least as X-Men. Yeah, especially against uh, Wakanda. But uh, yeah. yeah, you know, I wouldn't say least. Uh, what is it you don't like about it? Um, It's just, it's so spiky. 
It's mm-hmm. it's just so like one of the things that you have to accept with X Men is sometimes your opponents die spike a little bit, and then you're going to see multiple days characters. Right. And my concern on Gamma is that when that happens, that can just mean the game because there's right. just too many points on the table. Yeah. And see, I would. I, I like fast scenarios. I like a lot of points. I want to get it over as quickly as possible. Um. So I don't. Uh, I don't mind Gamma. I just don't mind. I just don't like it against you know, the boogeyman, I don't like it against, <laughs> and then you add Wakanda to that. So that's why, you know, if I'm playing anybody other than black order or uh, criminal syndicate or Wakanda, I think I like gamma, but against those three teams, that's, a, that's, that's a struggle. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think I'd probably be fine playing against like web warriors or something on yeah. it, but it's just the people who take gamma are almost always going to hit just hard enough that I don't want to risk those spikes. Yeah, yeah. They're taking Gamma with a reason, kind of like we're taking Spider Portals and Mutant Madman with a reason. They want to brawl in the middle, and I want movement tricks and shenanigans. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to, like, out-position, and Gamma takes that away and takes the consequences for every dice spike to be pretty extreme. Right, yep. We can build solid teams on it, but it's just one that's like, if the dice just favor your opponent, you just don't feel like you have a way to play out of it. Yeah. Um... All right, well, um, we're getting close to an hour. I do want to talk about tactics cards for at least a little bit. Sure. Um, what would you say are like your your core tactics cards that you run most often? Um, in restricted uh, field dressing every time, every okay. game. Um, I switched from med pack. I, I think I like brace better um, as my second restricted slot. I played with bitter early on, and then I uh, played with med pack, but I think brace is the best and it doesn't come in every game of course but uh, it's in there um exceptional healing first class to me my x-men or almost every game you know exceptional healing stapled to x23 um and first class is stapled to anything if we don't get our um pay to flips i think first class is in there um and if cubes hit i really like first class to be able to snag potentially two on yep. on on X twenty three or Wolverine if he makes the if makes your roster. Um indomitable, of course, because we like to move people and don't like to be moved. I don't know, those uh, I probably if I went through all my games, um field dressing and to me my X Men are probably in there every single time. Let's see. I I don't play field dressing and I play med pack in that slot. Um, I can see the logic. Um, I tend to, again, prefer as much flexibility with who goes where. And I just find a lot of the time I, the added stress of trying to keep someone around that will have four power to be able to field dressing when I want. Uh But I can almost always get off a good med pack that keeps someone alive through another round. Um, but I mean, I, I certainly see the logic and I think you could play it both ways. Um, I don't play to me, my X-Men every game. Um, eh, maybe I want to say maybe a third. Um, I definitely like it and I've done really cool things with it. Uh, I play sacrifice a lot. Yeah, I could see, I could see the case for sacrifice. I don't play it. Uh, I don't play it in my list, but it's, it's one that I've seen used against me quite a bit and I could probably bring it in. I would highly recommend it. It's one that helps with the Black Order matchup a lot. And there's just so many times where it's like, okay, they've got one attack to try to kill this character who's holding this. And if they do that, the game goes on another round, or maybe I even lose. Right. And I'm just like, okay, sacrifice it. Rogue takes the hit. Right. 
And then suddenly your chance of losing the game goes from like 40%, 50% to like zero. And you're just yeah. like, oh, I, I don't, you can kill Rogue. Like Rogue's not holding something <laughs> right now. Like, like it's fine. Um, and it's just, it's been, it's, it's probably my most played unaffiliated non-restricted card. And then I play a lot of the same ones that you do. Uh, I will occasionally squeak in climbing gear. Yeah. Um, that's usually something that would probably only make it if I'm not playing brace um, where I have an extra slot. And so climbing gear will go in. And then I've been playing, do you know who I am when I'm playing juggernaut? Right. See, I was big on the, no matter the cost train early on um, with Wolverine and uh, X 23. Um, you know, if Wolverine didn't take three cards to make him decent, you know, if it took, <laughs> if it took three cards to make him good, it might be worth it, but for three cards to make him decent. Uh, but no matter the cost, um, we love our turn one shenanigans. And I felt like that really opened up a lot. Um, with him in X23. Yeah, I can totally see that. And I I certainly regretted not having exceptional healing at Adepticon. Um, I had made some changes to that roster like that evening. Uh-huh. And because I wasn't running Honey Badger and I wasn't running Lizard, um, I just wasn't sure if it was going to be enough situations where I wanted it. But there was definitely some games where I wanted to, not all of them, but I, I would say maybe at least two out of six where I probably would have taken exceptional healing um, if I had had the option. And and I was happy that I've had it in the roster since, and it occasionally goes in. Um, not in every game card, but it's certainly one that I've I've liked having in my 10. Yeah. Um, so just so if you look at my Adepticon roster, don't think I'm down on exceptional healing. I regretted not having that. <laughs> yeah, the more I've played X-23 and, and Honey Badger together, like I said, if, if we can get two cubes on X-23, it... And, and she's powered up and honey badger's got enough power. She's virtually unkillable with exceptional healing and, uh, and uh, honey badger coming up and taunting the second attack. Um, you know, I've seen my opponent sit there and try to kind of like unsolve the puzzle in their head. And it's really hard if they don't have a throw or a way to get her out of there. Um, it makes her really hard to take down. Yep. All right. Well, I think we've covered a lot of the core stuff. Has there been any other um, situations that you try to set up on the table with your X-Men that you want to get into this episode? Sure. Well, um, one thing you mentioned earlier when you park Domino on that back point, um, I like Storm and um, just having the freedom to, to meet my X-Men turn one potentially, or if Storm can come up and, and, and hit somebody, um, like whoever goes and takes that middle point, sometimes I'll take storm up and then try to just lightning bolt. And if she gets a power or two extra, you know, learning how to take to me, my X-Men and, and really get the most out of it. I've found to be, um, you know, very big because everybody just hates it compared to (laughs) Avengers assemble, you know, but the benefit of taking the power off of storm who, I mean, let's face it. If storm, does any damage then storm is then that's a great game for storm in my opinion but if you can kind of walk her up and throw a lightning bolt into somebody and generate one or two power you can then pop that and then you've just advanced two or three characters off your back line up to where they can move and potentially attack in round one so um well so let's also while we're talking about to me my x-men one of the important ways that it's better than avengers assemble is say, for example, you get stuck in one of those situations where, say, you lose priority and you're playing X-Men and now you've got spider infected or cubes and they have like Angela grab the middle and back up, 
right? Mm-hmm. And say you, you don't want to play Corvus and Proxima. How are you going to get an advantage in that situation? You could have Beast double move, take the Spider Infected or Cube in front of your opponent's side, and then have Storm to me my X Men him backwards. Right, exactly. It gets it gets you out of trouble. Um, I've also had the instances where they've come up and uh, uh, with Gwen, like on Sword Base, and they pull me off um, the Sword Base. And if they, well, I had one guy push me the wrong way, and I just to me my X Men right back onto. Um, right back onto the point to be contesting. So um, it's something a lot, again, it's a lot of people don't see it coming um, and it can get you onto points if you play it properly um, that they don't, you know, it's got a lot of uh, versatility. Yeah. And there's been a lot of say like on spider portals where, you know, this isn't an X-Men play, but right. Like I've had black Panther be on one portal, like that's on the middle line of the board. And then just have him walk, walk, pounce, and be on the one on the opposite side all mm-hmm. of a sudden. And people are like, fuck. <laughs> and you can kind of do that a lot of the time with X-Men, even with characters that they didn't think could get there. Like, say, X-23, who's holding two cubes, where you can, like, move, move, and then to me, my X-Men, and then, like, pull her to a point. Or maybe you do yeah. to me, my X-Men first, because you need that, because that's where the directional movement helps the most. Then she double moves, and now she's on a totally different point, and all those attackers that they had moved near her are now, like, two long moves, basically, away from getting to X-Men, X-23, and now she's on a different point, and she interacts and flips it. Um, it's it's certainly a good card. I like it when I can take it, Um so yeah, I'm I'm glad you give a little bit more shout out to that card. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of competition for cards with X Men, um, and it, I think it's one of those cards that the more you play it, the more you see you see things. You know, it's kind of like any character. The more games you get into them, the more you can kind of see. I call it you kind of unlock the character. You can see things that that you want to set up, and I think it's one of those cards that you know you play it enough, you'll start to see some moves that that your opponent especially won't see. Um, yes, I will say it is one that. When I take it, it it and Indomitable are the ones that I occasionally get into my five that I haven't played at the end of a game. I've usually yeah. still won the game, but it's it's one that y- there's just not quite always situations for them. Right. Or you're like, wow, this is an okay situation, but do I want to save it for a better situation? Yeah. Um, and there's been some situations where I had backed up with someone like with a key extract. And I really, the more I thought about it, like as, as I moved on to the next turn, I was like, man, I should have just yanked them backwards with storm. Mm-hmm. I've had that happen before too. Yep. You're like, Oh, maybe they can survive. And then they, they don't, <laughs> Where, you, know, you do it. And then you're like, you just like, they, they make an attack and it just spikes for three damage. And I'm like, mm-hmm. man, as soon as that card could have been a one cost med pack. I'm like, why didn't I play it? Right. Yeah. Or storm gets smashed early on. That's a, yeah. That always has potential happening. But anyway, lo- lots of great options to choose for X-Men. Um, so now that you've played them quite a bit, before we get into the the bonus episode, um, obviously there's a lot of people who love X-Men. There's a lot of people that want to play them. And probably before, before I took them to Adepticon and before you and Twitty did so well with them in season seven, like as we like come march right like most like early march nobody thought that much of x-men they would have probably be considered a bottom tier affiliation in most people's minds where do you where would you put x-men overall in the hierarchy Ooh, um (sighs) 
I think, oh boy, that's a tough question. I, I, you know, I think we're in the middle, um, maybe upper middle. Um, I think, I think you got to put some reps in with them. You know, I feel like they're, they're a team that you really have to play a lot to kind of, um, their play style is not easy. You know, I feel like every game, um, I don't have game. Well, I take that back. I have had games that just roll pretty good, but I, yeah. you know, but you, you don't have many of them, you know, you're yeah. not going to just, just destroy people. And, um, you know, I feel like a lot of times you're trying to win every round by a VP or two, you know, is how I kind of play them. Um, if you go murder with them, that's, you can, you can destroy people with them, but there's typically somebody out there that can do it better. So, um, you know, I put us in the mid tier or maybe slightly above, um, you know, we're not, I don't think X-Men are top tier. Um, but I definitely right, well, think, I, I, I think, I think maybe you could say that when you get a ton of games in with them. Um, I agree with you there. So, I will say that X-Men are one of the harder affiliations to play. It, it, but they are an affiliation that gives you lots of opportunities to outplay your opponent. Yes, absolutely. I would agree um, with that. The I think it was something that uh, Pat had said recently, and he was he, essentially his line was something they said of like, emphasis on the play part of counterplay. Yeah. Not just counter roster building, counter crisis selection, counter play, as in you play in a way that counters what your opponent's going to do. Right. And I think X-Men provide lots of opportunities for that, but it's something where you have to put in a lot of reps with them and you have to like be seeing all the things that your opponent can do and be thinking about where can you position for those key movements and such. Um, I'm going to say X-Men are top tier and the way I defend that is... A lot of times when an affiliation is the best at a particular set of crisis, right? That's usually like most people go, well, like criminal syndicate is top tier because in the like scoundrels infinity formula plus, you know, cosmic invasion or extremists or whatever you want your show to be gamma, they're best. Like nobody wants to face them on that. And I think in the way that like how good criminal syndicate is in that situation we are as good as that, if not better than that, on the pay to flips. Yeah, I, I could, I could agree with that. I, I think X Men though have more. You can, how do I phrase this? I, you almost have to play flawless with X Men. I feel like because one slip up, I think, can cost you the game. Where Criminal Syndicate. You know, they just, they, are just, more they just plop on a point, you know, <laughs> you know, their, their leadership, you know, the mastering their leadership is you just huddle up on, on your points. But in yes, there's more to it than that, but, but X-Men, you're kind of on the edge of the knife the whole game. I feel like with X-Men, <laughs> you know, you know yes. and, and that, that's you're not wrong, man. That's, you know, and that's, that's kind of what I love about them. I always love playing the underdogs. Um, and it's so much. I don't think fun. you're playing an underdog, bro. Ah, uh, in March, in March, <laughs> yes, in March, you were playing an underdog. But uh, you know, with with them, I just feel like it's 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 very gratifying to win with yeah. X Men, just because they do take a lot of uh, a lot of play. You know, you got to yeah. see things. You, you're they're they're not an autopilot. Like usually, as soon as you start autopiloting, it's where you go back to losing games. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I was, <laughs> I you know, kind of just like went in a direction and I lost track of how versatile I have to be with them. Right. right. Um, but yeah, honestly, I think we will be looking back on things, and X Men will be considered one of the 
one of the one of the top tier that you have to worry about if people really want to play them. The question is is how how many people actually does this play style appeal to? And um, and then it's like, how do you plan for everything else? Like, obviously, they have a great plan when you win priority. What's your plan when you don't have priority? Are you dual affiliating? What splash characters are using to mitigate that? Like, what's the plan? Can you can you make a plan that like covers Black Order and covers Criminal Syndicate with those ten characters? Right. Right. Can you can you do all of that so you end up coming out with that five and ones finishes or six and zero oh finish or you know that sort of thing? And that that that's going to still take some delicate problem solving. And I think we'll get into a little bit of that in the bonus episode. Cause Rob and I are going to talk about like where we want to go next with X-Men. Yeah. But um, man, I got to tell you, first off, this has just been a really fun discussion with you. Yeah. Yeah. I love X-Men. I think I'll, I think I'll amend my answer. I think if you've got 10 games across every affiliation there in the middle, I think if you've got a hundred games across them all, yeah, I think you could be at the, you could be at the top tier with X-Men. I think it's, I think the ceiling is high with us. Yes. Uh, I don't like using the the ceiling floor because I've realized now that nobody interprets that the same way. <laughs> there was a discussion on Danger Room and started realizing that everybody kind of had a different idea of what those things mean. Oh, yeah. And so <laughs> I'll just say they're a challenging affiliation to play, but there's just endless potential is what it feels like. The more sure. games I get, the more tricks I learn and the more the the, more, the stronger I'm feeling with X-Men. And I don't think that necessarily applies in the same way. And it's not necessarily a slight. I think you want those variations, like just to compare it to a fighting game, right? There's always, I would, I was shit at fighting games. So I would pick that character who has like two really easy combos. Right. And I would play the hell out of that character. Cause I just, I don't want to learn a whole shit ton of combos. I'm not that, I'm not spending that much time on it. And that's not X-Men in no. X-Men is that super complicated character that most people lose with, but you're like one buddy who's mastered that character. You just, you, you hate playing against it. Exactly. Him. Yes. Um, all right. Well, I think we're going to close out um, this episode here. Rob, if uh, people want to get a hold of you or talk X-Men with you, or if you have any other content out there, how do people find you? Uh, hit me up on discord. Um, I'm in the, uh, the main the main TTS uh, server quite a bit, Danger Room server quite a bit. We always have good X-Men discussions in there. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you can find him as Coffee Time, um, mm-hmm. or usually him and I uh, arguing about various X-Men related things <laughs> or arguing with other people who are downplaying we're, X-Men. We're the defenders, the defenders yeah. of the X-Men. <laughs> um All right. Well, uh, if you do follow me on Patreon, we're going to do a little bonus episode and Rob and I are going to talk about some of the future directions that we're going to take things and what we want to try next. But um, until the next one, I'm just going to say the most OP thing that you can do is surprise your opponent with To Me and My X-Men because apparently it's just a bad Avengers Assemble. (laughs) 